0: At TQ, we aim to inspire trust through providing individuals with the tools needed to test and prove who they are in real time. In today's episode, we are talking about air pollution and how it has detrimental effects on both the environment and the people living in it. David, founder of campaign company Little Ninja, talks about how he started campaigning for clean air and how air pollution has affected his family. And
1: um, eventually, kind of, Realised um, a real passion for um, kind of uh, environmental activism, um, social justice campaigning. Um, when well, I found out that my kids were um, likely to have kind of stunted lung and brain growth, surely because of the air they were breathing, um, mm-hmm. because we live in a particularly polluted part of London. Um, and so, thought I would use my kind of, to put it, my my, my skills um, to you know put together a few campaigns to, to see if I them bring some awareness to the issue and you know that was supposed to be six months and it turned to a year then two years and mm-hmm. yeah it's been about four and a half years now with little change so it's kind of over like my eyes to how ingrained the, the injustice is and how difficult it is to kind of shift things when you know there are plans in place already um, which aren't going to you know tackle the issues um, but people are, are, are so committed to those plans it's very difficult to bring any sort of social justice change at the same time.
0: Mhm. So, um, are your children what made you want to start Little Ninja?
1: Yes, yeah, certainly. Um it was um um I think at the exact moment actually was um on the South Circular Road. Um four and a half years ago. I was there with my um two and a half year old son. We were just heading up to Lambeth, um to Stockwell Skate Park and um, the Brixton Bowl. Um he's amazing, a little scientist at two and a half years old. He could kind of bomb his way around there. Mm-hmm. So used to like take videos and all that kind of stuff so we kind of went down West Hill where we live and the A3 um got onto the bus stop and while we at the bus stop and um, this articulated lorry just pulled up next to the bus stop and um, the uh, kind of wheels bigger than he is mm-hmm. um, the exhaust level with his face mm-hmm. and I hadn't been filming him at the time and it's, it's strange when you see something through a, a screen of a, of a phone as opposed to looking at it, you kind of notice it slightly differently and you kind of suddenly realize hang on a second what's coming out of that exhaust pipe? What is that dust? You know, it's a massive diesel engine. What is that coming out, um, going straight into its face, into his you know, his mouth, his lungs? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, you know, the, the traffic lights change, it accelerates, and, you know, even more stuff kind of comes out. So we kind of headed up home, started, you know, searching uh, Google, and it says vehicle engine exhaust is carcinogenic group one, like tobacco smoke, um, you know, uh, diesel engine exhaust. Um, and outdoor air pollution um, basically increase your risk of cancer Mm -hmm. and stunts children's lung growth. Mm -hmm. Um, So I looked further and suddenly you you realise it's linked to um, increased uh, risk of asthma, pneumonia, um, uh, lower IQ, neurological um, development, stunting, and, and this horrible list goes on of what this stuff does. And it's just amazing how something so dangerous it's just not spoken about. Mm-hmm. It's just not pushed in terms of the public awareness in the same way that cigarette smokers have been. You know, you, you wouldn't... You know, if, if someone was standing right outside the school smoking a cigarette, you know, there'd be an uproar. You know, you'd you yeah. have that person to move away. You know, if someone was actually standing at a bus stop, you can't stand at a bus stop and smoke because of the impact it has on other people. Yet, you know, you can actually idle right next to a bus stop. You can idle outside the school and, and nothing is really done about it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's a bit where I kind of thought that has to change. So, yeah, I I, I kind of spent time then coming up Mm -hmm. with simple solutions, you know, like keep clear at bus stops, you know, just, you know, 10 metres, you know, stop there. You know, even a couple of metres actually makes a massive difference to Mm -hmm. um, air pollution exposure. Um, And, you know, things like um, no twidling campaign just to kind of simply say, well, you know, we have to be, update the laws, which are about 30 Years old, which are around idling in terms of the impact of noise, mm-hmm. we need to reflect now the impact of the exhaust. You know, so actually, you, you know, if you if you stop and you're parked outside, you know, a, a hospital, a GP surgery, a school, a nursery, shops, the train station, it, it doesn't matter where, even your, your own home, switch your engine off. So yeah. There's no reason for cars to be having their engine just running, and running, running. But we know this is mm-hmm. something, you know, you know, two into a year, which is something kids along, but also. Um, CO2, which is, you know, damaging um, our planet, you know, so these are really simple things that could be done to kind of mm-hmm. reduce the impact um, and, you know, make people think, actually, you know, this is we have to now, by law, switch our engines off. Why is that R? Is mm-hmm. R? It's bad for the planet. What else, you know, actually when I'm driving, do I, do I need to make this journey or or can I make this journey by walking or cycling? Yeah. Um, do I need to make this journey at all? You know, and, and start taking that kind of more of self consciousness and awareness to actually start turning this around, um, but unfortunately, um, you know, we seem to be going down this kind of big stick route instead um, of kind of banging people on the head, saying we will force you out of your cars, we will close side roads and push all the traffic onto um, the, the, the main roads mm. and make it so congested that it will force you out of your car, make your journey take so much longer, it will force you out of your cars, and obviously. There's two problems with that. One, it's a pandemic. (laughs) It hasn't forced people out of their cars. You know, you you can't have people to get out of their car and get onto public transport because, one, you know, they are putting themselves in danger because we've been told, you know, a higher, you know, chance of of infection, you know, in closed spaces like public transport. And two, public transport's delayed. You know, Mm. the buses are all delayed because they're on the main roads where you're pushing all the traffic. Um, And then there's the other side, obviously, the, the, the kind of social injustice side, because, the, the main roads have always been busy and these are residential roads, you know, these are where our schools, our hospitals, our nurseries are, you know, these are where our, our children are walking and breathing, you know, and they are the ones who are biggest exposure of air pollution because we you know air pollution is much higher on these roads, much higher than side roads. Um, and yet on the side roads, that's where you get your higher car ownership, you know, so it's really strange that what's actually happening is that your, you know, the scheme is that should be looking after the people most at risk who are on the main road instead actually reducing relatively low levels of air pollution on the side roads, which have got high car ownership, mm-hmm. um, where people are at least risk of, you know, air pollution, even at least risk of COVID in terms of social distancing. And we're kind of pushing that traffic, exporting that traffic onto the residential main roads, our community roads, where people are already exposed to the highest levels of air pollution and legal levels of air pollution, which increase your chance of risk of cancer, heart stroke, disease. um and stunts children's lung growth and making it worse for them and yet they are the people who are least responsible because of low car ownership um most likely to walk scoot catch a mm, bus yeah. um ready most at risk so you know this is a, the, the kind of most frustrating part of all these years of the campaigning raising awareness of you know the real who are most at danger because when when people say oh you know, disproportionately, you know, it's poor and and people of colour who live on these busy roads, we must do something about it. And everyone kind of ums and haws and says, yes, 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 there's a real social injustice of air pollution and nothing changes. Well, it's clearly an environmental injustice. It's clearly a a social injustice. And when you realise that, again, it is, you know, the poor and the people of colour who are most likely to live and walk and learn and play and work on these roads yeah. It's also, a, a, you know, racial and social injustice.
0: Here. Is that what you found to be the most harmful in terms of creating air pollution? Is transport?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, you, you know, you, you look at the your wood burners. I mean, just crazy in this country. That you know, you, you understand in other parts of the world where actually they have to burn, you know, wood and, and whatever they can get their hands on mm. to, to heat their homes um, and literally poison themselves inside of them because mm-hmm. of, like a, you know, good ventilation. But that's how they cook. That's how they warm themselves. Um, while in the UK, you know, we, we have, you know, lots of different methods and electricity and gas. And, yeah. and you get people for a kind of novelty value or, or some sort of, oh, how can I put it, lifestyle choice, they want to have a wood burner. Yeah. You know, because it looks good and it's, oh, oh, smell of the fire is so wonderful. And it's like, hang on a second, this stuff literally kill (laughs) you know the high pm 2.5 you know in our area comes from wood burning you know it's far more than it comes from from traffic um and yet um you know 95 percent maybe 99 percent of people who are burning wood don't need to out of necessity Mm -hmm. you know they have other ways to heat their home they just basically burn it because actually i like to burn you know Mm -hmm. and and that's frightening uh, as well but in terms of children's air pollution exposure, um, it is the closest you are to the source. So actually on a, on a day to day basis, you know the the highest air pollution exposure is how close you are to main roads, how much time you're spending on main roads. Are you walking on main roads? because if you're walking on main roads, your journey time is longer, so your exposure time is longer. Mm-hmm. If you're a child scooting along main roads, then you're actually exercising. So you're taking the air deeper into your lungs which means, yeah. you know, more chance for it to get from your lungs to your bloodstream and where blood goes, this goes, because it's PM 2.5, that kind of mm, kind of microscopic bits of rubber, metal, um, oil, plastic, you know, from brake wear, tie wear, road surface wear, that's the stuff that, you know, gets right into your blood and gets into every organ of the body, including past the blood-brain barrier, which can have this kind of neurological damage. Mm-hmm. And also, if you think about who's most likely to be on the school run with the kids, it's mums, you know, the vast yeah. majority school run is done by mums and, you know, they, they, they have to take the other siblings as well. So they're, they're taking the younger siblings or, you know, a baby in a buggy. And again, they're the ones at the level of the exhaust pipe and they're breathing two to three times more rapidly than an adult. So they're getting it. And the mums themselves, if they're pregnant, then obviously they're breathing this and we've seen now that, you know, they're mm-hmm. seeing the kind of particulate matter in the placenta. Mm-hmm. So we're understanding it is now having an impact on the unborn child, um reduced birth weight um you know and, and early birth and all this done has a kind of longer term effect on the child that we know is, is detrimental to the child's long-term health you know and yet yeah. yeah, even when we, we record pollution in, in the uk we're recording at a kind of two to 2.5 meter height so that's well about right. me i'm i'm, I'm six foot tall, over six foot tall, and You know, the the monitors are placed as far as I can reach in terms of reaching up. That's the the height of the monitor. And yet we know that as you go further and further closer to the source, lower to the ground, it gets higher and higher and higher. So Mm -hmm. when they're telling us, oh, we've got illegal levels of air pollution, you know, it's 200 micrograms per cubic meter, that's not what we're breathing as adults. Yeah. You know, we're breathing higher than that. And it's certainly not what children are breathing. They've already said that. You know, a child is breathing 30 to 60% more than an adult because of their proximity in terms of closeness to the source and closeness to the ground. So, you know, our, our kind of understanding about what air pollution is like in terms of the toxicity that people are being exposed to, the concentrations, actually, it's hugely higher for children. You know, it, it's 60%, maybe even more for children. Um, and that it's crazy when you just think around, you know, they, they spend more time breathing through their mouth than their nose, you know, as children do, you know. Um, you know, they, they breathe more rapidly. Their, yeah. their immune system isn't kind as of developed as ours. And there's all these reasons why. And then suddenly you look and you see, oh, in the UK, 1.1 1. 1 million children have asthma, you know, one of the highest rates in the whole of Europe. And actually a quarter of that is attributed to um, air pollution. And yet that doesn't shake everybody out of this kind of... Mm duper, you know, of just sitting there and say, oh, that's terrible, We must do something about it. And it's like, well, it's very clear what the problem is, and we've got some very simple solutions that can dramatically reduce it for our children. Um, because you may not
0: know, but the, the highest air pollution exposure is during a school run. Oh, really? And
1: yeah, that makes sense if you think around yeah. it. It's rushed out in the morning, you know, and you know, when else will children be that close proximity um, to these busy roads? Um, the other one is while at school. Um, it's You know, we spend less time at school and travelling to school than we do at home, but air pollution exposure at school and and travelling to school is much higher than you have at home for for the vast majority of people. Mm -hmm. And obviously, those who live on main roads and go to school on main roads and unavoidably travel to main roads, well, they're the ones who are at greatest risk because they're getting a, a travel whammy, so to say.
0: So if someone wanted to start making a change in their everyday life, what would you say they could do?
1: Um, it depends on the person. Um, if they drive, then it would be a simple one to say, well, have a look at the journeys you make by car. Mm-hmm. Um, which ones could be made in an alternative way? Um, is there some that you could, you know, um, take out altogether, you know, some of the journeys make. I mean, lots of people are now working from home um, X number of days a week because of COVID and actually they're quite happy to continue doing that. Yeah. Um, you know, um, in terms of the demands that you make, this uh, is a big one for me, which is, it's almost this kind of, my stuff gets delivered by Amazon, because actually I don't want to go to the high street, because the high street's really polluted, you know, I'd rather sit at home, order what I want, I feel like I get a better deal anyway, yeah. okay, that's what you want to do, but your delivery is coming every day, maybe one, two, three deliveries a day, from different diesel vans coming to deliver. Mm-hmm. Have a right to right to, the, to Amazon. Every single person who's doing this right to Amazon and say, I no longer want to receive my stuff by diesel van. I no longer want to receive my stuff by diesel van. Please do cargo bike last mile delivery. You know, mm-hmm. um, please deliver by electric van. You know, and, and, and start pushing these trillion dollar companies, you know, with um, Jeff Bezos earning, what is it, 260 billion personal fortune. I mean, this is ridiculous yeah. that these people have this much money and, and their responsibility is, oh, we're going to shoot and try and get to Mars it's like no mm-hmm. responsibility is right here to do better in terms of your poisoning our planet and poisoning our children don't abandon us for your you know profit margin um, Ocado Sainsbury Asda yeah. you know yes we realise you have to have refrigerated vans but actually you're driving sometimes from out of London coming in doing this massive loop around London and heading back out again and, and the impact is huge you know or you're, you're building a new depot and you've got your diesel vehicles lined up and your diesel pumps right next to a school. You know, they've been doing that in Israel. Yeah. And it's sort of crazy. But look, you know, again, last mile delivery. You know, co-op can do it. And they've got the cargo bikes and they've got the refrigerated area. And mm-hmm. they deliver it. You know, why can't you? Yes, it's going to hit your profit. And yes, you've got a relationship with Mercedes vans. You've got your next level of diesel vans. And all. The- look, you know, everyone who goes with avocado, now bought by, I think it's Marks and Spencer, you need to write to them and say, been a customer of yours for 20, 30 years. Please, 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 can you do last mile delivery by the, you know, by, by cargo bike? Um, if it's going to cost us an extra pound, you know, on the short term, we'll pay it. You know, yeah. two pounds, we'll, we'll pay it. And realistically, the people who are, you know, ordering a lot of this stuff from, say, a cargo can well afford to actually make that change in terms of, you know, demanding this extra or improved service, and Ocado can certainly afford to treat their loyal customers better by actually not poisoning them and poisoning them the brute. Um, the, the list goes on in terms of what we can do. We can you know, support the no-to-idling campaign you know, to change the law and simply say, you know, you must switch your engine off if you're going to be stationary for more than seven seconds, because yeah. seven seconds is equivalent to an engine restart. One minute of idling is equivalent to 150 balloons filled with toxic air. One minute of idling. Wow. Yeah, we see vehicles, you know, sitting in a car park, feet up on the dashboard, or yeah. waiting outside a train station, five, 10, 15, 20 minutes, and it's like, oh, I just want to keep the air conditioner on. Oh, I, I want to keep the heating on, or I'm charging my phone, or yeah. the babies in the back and like the vibrations of the car. But you're kidding me, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, until we <laughs> tackle really simple things, how do we expect people to tackle the big things? You know yeah. what I mean? So unless we're willing to say, you know what you need to burn the minimum amount of fuel for the journey you make. Yeah. And that means switching your engine off. It also means deciding, do you need to make this journey at all? Or do you, do you need to drive this journey? So that kind of conversation has to start by actually first educating people and saying, you need to switch your engine off because diesel engine exhaust is carcinogenic group one, like tobacco smoke it, you know, increase the risk of cancer and stunts children's lung growth. We, we can't just burn fuel willy nilly. You know, you can't just burn fuel for no reason. You have to burn a minimum amount of fuel. You know,
0: um, instead, the government makes fuel so cheap that people just, oh, I'll just leave it running. Because
1: mm. it's easier to leave it running for five minutes than it is to turn it off and turn it back on again because I'm lazy. You know, it's that kind of craziness that, that you know, causing these problems. But, you know, people to wake up and, and really question, push more for these companies to deliver by cargo bike. So let's do that. Um, let's provide more cargo bikes for people to do their shopping and stuff like that. You can rent one and do what you need to do for your own removals. Let's have a cycle storage for every single person in the UK who wants one, who doesn't drive, you know, a a, a cycle hanger on your road and you can store your bike there. Let's make it as cheap as it costs to store a car because at the moment it's more, you spend more money storing a bicycle by the roadside than you do storing a car. (laughs) Ridiculous. (laughs) You know, so so let's give every single person who wants to cycle and doesn't have a car, um, you know, a, a cheap storage and secure place to put their car and make sure that there's also cheap or even free um, storage at train stations and tube stations and on high streets and everywhere else they may want to take it because I take my cargo bike to go to our local supermarket and I can never find a parking space you know it's
0: all
1: rungs with bikes already tied in there and you're like oh can I leave my cargo bike here is someone going to steal you know it's almost like no they they haven't really thought this through they haven't you know it's almost if you want to make these changes then let's start with really simple, basic things and bring people along. Give them all these carrots, 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 carrots. Do the stuff the really low hanging fruit. Um and what you'll do then is bring, you know, positive, um, kind of people experience along with you and that then says, I like this change, I like this change, I like this change. Can we see what's next? Can we have a little more? And they'll be then telling you some things you could be doing locally to to kind of you know, um, make them not use um, cars more often, um, you know, and, 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 you know, people who are willing to change their lifestyle will tell you how they would like it to be, you know, and a lot of that will be better public transport, you know, um, and, you know, cheaper public transport and, you know, bike storage and all these other things, you know, um, reducing air pollution around schools and hospitals, you know, all the really simple things we can do without, you know, causing such massive disruption and such... Kind of, um, what's the word? It, it kind of, there's this real. Oh, I can hardly really put the words into it. Um, you know, at the moment, there's this kind of them and us kind of Brexit kind of thing around local mm-hmm. think neighbourhoods where you have a for it or you're against it, and if you're against it, then you're against climate change. You know, kind of action, and so and it's like, no, you know, we've been positioned that anyone who's against LTN is a car-loving lobbyist (laughs) who wants to drive everywhere. And It's like, no, actually, I know so many people like myself who've never driven who just see the injustice of it and, you know, just desperately want to, you know, breathe and and let children already exposed to the worst levels of air pollution breathe easy as well. So, you know, we, we need to find better solutions than this.
0: TQ is a community of trusted experts who continuously test their skills and knowledge. The MyTQ app allows you to build your portable, irrefutable professional reputation. MyTQ users can assess their skills against the ever growing traceable knowledge to reach expert level. You can contribute as a co creator on the MyTQ app and help others grow their skills and knowledge. Find out more on TQ.com. <laughs>